Hey everyone, welcome to the Weeaboo Boo is the monthly podcast where we get drunk and talk about anime. I'm Kyle. I'm Justin. I'm Kevin. I'm Hunter. Hunter, I think you are the person who has not been on the podcast like in the past three months. Yeah, so we, we did a little hiatus and then we came back earlier than expected and then I've been gone like the last two straight. So. It's been a long time. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Keep going on vacations, man. Yeah. What have you been up to? Well, the first time I missed because I was in Portland doing like a work conference. Second time, totally forgot about it. <laughs> Both valid, right? That's about totally. as valid as um, Kevin's excuse of not coming up with a topic. Hey, at least I think, did it. Hey, I the topic. See, when I didn't think themes. of a topic, I came and they made fun of me. Yeah, and I didn't come, so they didn't have to make fun of me in person. What are we drinking? But we make fun of you. All. How am I supposed to pronounce this? Kyle? Do your best. <laughs> what the hell? Okay. Weihen Stefaner. Weihen Stefaner. It's it's it very is, German. It is the world's oldest brewery. I can't tell you how it tastes because I'm actually having a Guinness with Kevin. But how is it, guys? It's interesting. It's really good. It's mm. a little malty like most German beers, but... Uh, I don't even know what that word means. Here, just try it. I understand that people say it's malty. I'm like, oh, that's a beer term. Oh. If you haven't listened to the podcast before, this is a show where we each talk about one thing we love about anime that fits the predetermined theme of the episode. This episode's theme being love. Afterwards, we answer a listener question, followed by our opinions on what we're currently watching. If you'd like to submit a one-word episode theme, question, or your own unique thing that you love about anime, go ahead and use any of the links in the description, comment, or join uh, the Discord to send them our way. Also, please share the podcast in whatever way is uh, most conducive to you. And we also have a Patreon, which I normally see at the end, but I figured I would put that out at the beginning. Hey, Kyle, do you want to start? Nah. <laughs> Come on. All right, if you insist. <laughs> Love is enigmatic, and as a result of its ambiguous nature, it's one of the most versatile themes in media. Love can be familial, unspoken, unrequited, self-regarding, compassionate, sexual. It has the power to create and destroy, and there's nothing I can say about love that hasn't already been said countless times before. But the one type of love that has always stood out to me is love that is experienced or shared without being realized. This unknowingly unadulterated affection typically takes shape in one of two ways. The first and most prominent being childhood love. While there may be no shortage of anime that begin with adolescent characters encountering love at first sight, which is a phrase I believe to be synonymous with lust, Anime that delve into the intricacies of genuine childhood emotion are, understandably, few and far between. After all, the romance genre's audience seems to thrive off expected narrative beats and characteristics, such as drama, love triangles, and miscommunication. Qualities that are absent in anime that parade unquestionable and transparent tenderness. Anime like Hayao Miyazaki's Ponyo, by foregoing drama, Ponyo becomes one of the most heartfelt representations of platonic love. Sosuke, a five-year-old boy playing near the ocean, encounters and rescues this adorable goldfish-like creature trapped in a bottle. He names her Ponyo and spends the day with her, introducing her to friends, feeding her ham, and eventually learns she's capable of speech after hearing her proclaim, Ponyo loves Sosuke. 
Sadly, immediately following that proclamation, Ponyo's father emerged from the ocean, conjuring waves uh, to tear the children apart in order to bring his daughter back home. Ponyo, imprisoned by her father and consumed with this newfound desire to become human, begins to morph herself into what resembles a little girl. With the help of her hundreds of miniature Ponyo sisters, Ponyo breaks free, steals some of her father's magic, incidentally unleashing a supernatural tsunami, and launches herself towards the surface to find Sosuke. Cut forward to Sosuke and his mother on a perilous drive home, skillfully maneuvering through this comically torrential storm. As he peers out the window, Sosuke spots a dot of red amidst a backdrop of blue. Alongside their car, bounding atop crashing waves with an open-mouthed smile, is this love-crazed child. After pursuing the family all the way to their home, Ponyo, in her disheveled subhuman form, locks eyes with, with Sosuke. With a progressively quickened pace, Ponyo runs towards Sosuke, each step granting her a more human appearance. The force of their imminent embrace sends Sosuke back several feet across the wet pavement, and while latched onto his upper half, Ponyo vigorously nuzzles her face into his. This hug alone is the embodiment of love. This hug literally gives Ponyo shape. Our protagonists who are walking manifestations of innocence want nothing more than to perpetually be in each other's company, even if it means invoking catastrophic events. Facing apocalyptic circumstances is inconsequential if it means being able to spend time with someone who brings you unbridled happiness. Every interaction shared between these two children showcased their fascination with and concern for one another. Their love is not explained or justified. It's inherent. Love is a word that I don't think Ponyo or Sosuke fully comprehend. Love, as they use the term, is merely a conveyance of emotion, an expression with no ulterior meaning or weighty consequence. As they go on their journey, they actively create their own definition of love. Love becomes the pleasure of eating a meal together, the anticipation of waiting for one another to wake up, the mutual excitement of exploration. Through formulating their own unique interpretation of love, they attain the idealization of love. Now, if I were to play devil's advocate against my own proposition, I would say that because this is the idealization of love, it lacks relatability. More often than not, love is a struggle. And even when it's not, it's usually deficient of the purity seen in childhood love. Similar to how beauty is directly related to its transient nature, we value purity because it's a quality that begins to decay the moment we leave the womb. Childhood love may encapsulate purity, but immature love, as exemplified by Hyoka, paints purity in a more empathetic manner. In the interest of avoiding spoilers, I'm going to be as vague as possible, but I will be referencing a major outcome of Hyoka's finale. Hyoka is not primarily a romance. Yet from episode 1, a chemistry between Chitanda and Oreki is made extraordinarily clear. The indication of a budding romance is undeniable. The only question is how the anime will acknowledge it. Oreki is a character defined by his aspiration for apathy. He wants nothing more than to exude as little energy as possible in order to pursue a peaceful high school life. He values logic over emotion, which is why Chitanda is so drawn to him. Her emotionally driven curiosity 
can only be stated through Oreki's mastery of mystery solving. Over the course of 22 episodes, Oreki's internal outbursts indicating his distaste for explaining the unexplainable increasingly contradict his disposition. Chitanda's rose-colored outlook on life is so overwhelming that it begins to seep into Oreki's monochromatic mentality. The power of her influence is so affecting that their personalities begin to intermingle. Now, you may want to mute here for about 30 seconds if you want to avoid some decontextualized spoilers. At the end of the series, in an uncharacteristically glooming manner, Chitanda reveals to Oreki the colorless future that awaits her after graduation. It's in this moment of absolute vulnerability, where our main character's roles are reversed, that Oreki experiences the realization of love. I'm intentionally avoiding intricate details, but the mere acknowledgement of love displays a beautifully realistic degree of character growth. Love is rarely immediate. For many of us, it's something we slowly grow cognizant of. Oreki's love is immature in the truest sense of the word. It's not fully developed. The inability to comprehend your emotions is something I find painfully relatable. To deny yourself of certain emotions due to the fact that they're simply too exhausting is a philosophy many of us follow. To be in love is a life-altering state, so we convince ourselves that our feelings are fabricated until we reach that indisputable realization. Love that exists, yet is unacknowledged, is among my favorite types of love because I feel that it represents our intrinsic desire to love. Wow. That was a lot, Kyle. That's a lot to take in. I mean, I thought it was a lot before you started the yoga part. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of took a turn. <laughs> for, for yoga. Right. A little bit. Well, I think the reason I did that is because I wanted to talk about more than one series. When I was thinking of the concept of love, there was a lot that came to mind. Sure. I mean, it's a it's super broad topic. Mm-hmm. And I think I could have, you know, stopped there. But then Hyoka came to mind and I just thought it contradicted or contrasted the love in Ponyo really well without being like polar opposites. It's the same concept. Um, both love, both types of love are immature. Both mm-hmm. the failing to realize your emotion and the failing to know what love really is, but still loving. So, I have an interesting, when you were bringing that up, a lot of <laughs> deep, you know, like I had experience specifically with Ponyo, watching Ponyo with a girl that I really liked. And I, I'm going to get really deep with it because I'm, this is something I'm writing an album about. So like, this is something I explored in great detail. It was very intense. Um, you know, I basically fell in love with this girl and, um, you know, we had spent some time, we, we hung out and whatever, watched Ponyo. And I remember specifically when the things were, were coming apart at the seams, um, I referenced Ponyo. I was like, I don't care that you, you know, that you're not, I'm perfect. You know, I want to love you like Sasuke, how he just, you know, completely accepts Ponyo and it's, it's so pure, the love. But, you know, that is such an idealized version of love. It wasn't, it wasn't reality. So like there was, you know, me saying that had little weight because it was so far from the reality of the situation. You know, the feelings that existed within her were not able to be realized because of, you know, fear and all these other things. So 
you know, it, it's kind of funny that you bring that up because I specifically, you know, like that was a great moment, you know, watching Ponyo with her and, and like kind of stuck with me. I was like, I want to be that. That's really cool. Yeah. So, but it was hard. I mean, it was really, really hard to deal with that. And like, you know, I'm, I'm have a seven song out album coming out next month, um, you know, where I'm singing and I've never done that before. And, um, it's a lot of the material is related to that. So it's kind of funny that I can talk about Ponyo. Yeah, very cool. With that. Is it called the Ponyo Girl? Is that yeah. the album name? Yeah, it's called... My Ponyo. It's called Sasuke. <laughs> <laughs> Ponyo Loves Sasuke. That's the album. So. Ponyo Loves Sasuke. Yeah, that's the album. How do you how do you go after Justin with his relatability? Because, yeah. A, I've never seen Ponyo. Oh, no. Ooh. Same here. Right. I've never seen it. If there aren't any more comments, we can just kind of circle back and kind of relate uh, all of our topics back to one at the very end if you want to move on to someone else's. What I, what I was going to talk about is kind of, I guess, differences between Western and uh, Japanese media is that um, I've noticed and I, I really like watching stories about love in uh, anime because... They seem to focus a lot more on that journey before two characters actually get together and start, you know, becoming a couple. Um, they, they seem to focus a lot on, you know, all of those little things that we kind of look back on with fond memories from our childhood. Like, you know, li- liking a girl and then finding out that she likes you back or something or, you know not not doing anything and like liking this girl and trying to be you know just you know give her a gift or you know be too scared to ask her to the dance or something and then some some sort of event is about to happen that's taking her away and that finally gives you the courage to to let out your feelings and that's kind of a climactic moment is it's not like in western media where people like (laughs) go sleep together on the first date and then like break up and there's a bunch of drama about it right it's um, there's so much in, in that first step in actually becoming a couple. It's it's so prevalent, and it really makes that that moment where they actually say, "Do something very simple as far as a couple goes, like hold hands or maybe kiss." That that is such a powerful moment, even though it's such a little action. You know, just so the the anime that I'll use as a example of this, um, we recently watched Tamako Market as well as Tamako Love Story. So in Tamako Market, um, you know, maybe the, the the main story isn't so much about love, but there's a lot of inklings and there's a lot of little pieces where two of the characters are clearly just a little bit into each other. And then Tamako Love Story takes the entire, uh, I don't know, 90 minutes, hour and a half to kind of expound on this, to to really tell a story about you know, adolescent love and how much it means to actually take that first step into like having a a girlfriend for the first time, actually expressing your feelings, you know, being overcoming that, that fear of, of, you know, expressing, yeah, expressing your feelings. I mean, really, it's just that I, I enjoy watching the, this journey progress as opposed to just being given like in Western media, it seems to be just kind of given to you in one in one swoop. So, I mean, do you guys have any thoughts on that? Have you have you noticed something similar? Absolutely. I mean, when <laughs> it's almost frustrating at times, right? When like characters have such <laughs> chemistry, right, and you just want them to like 
to get together. Yeah. yeah, you just want them to fuck. Like, let's be real. Like, it's just like, just fuck. And they don't, you know? Like, the nosebleeds and it's just like... That's me with every anime, man. Like, it's gotta be romance. It takes it to the top. This romance, you got me. I don't care how bad your anime is. If this romance, I'm there. <laughs> but but that's an interesting take is that, you know, that's true. That um, So, in Tomorrow Love Story, you you very much know that the characters will be together at the end. Like, it, it's very evident. You know, it's... It's not about the end. Again, it's about that that journey of how it's going to happen. But there are other other shows where you just see characters together, and then you know nobody will make a move, and then they're they're finally you know alone. They're they're given some reason to finally confess, and they never do it. And and I can see that that is that is frustrating, but that also makes real life pretty well. Yeah, I mean Steins Gates, right? Steingate. Yeah, that's a. Uh it's almost painful at times, right? You know, um, exactly. But, but again, there's so much back and forth mm-hmm. and, you know, there's a culminating moment that's, you know, a simple kiss. And mm-hmm. then, you know, it just means so much because there's all this build up. It's mm-hmm. just like the difference between watching a, uh, you know, a movie that kind of gets to the point and it's over versus watching a series that there's a lot more progression. Mm-hmm. It makes those, those big moments much bigger because you have so much background to draw on. Right. I think, if I were to define your topic, it would be the anticipation of love. Oh, or that's, the bil- that's, you made it sound so much better than I did. That's what Kyle's here, the English teacher coming through with his uh, critique. Well, I think it's it's important to define, you know, what very specific kind of love you're going for. Because like I, like I said in my topic, there's really an infinite amount of love out there. And that's why it's so fascinating to me. Um, and I think most anime focus on the anticipation of love because due to the nature of anime, most of the uh, protagonists, the cast of characters are young or in high school. And because of that, we don't get to see a lot of the uh, relationships in terms of like uh, sexual encounters and even marriage and what, what happens in life after marriage. Um, and because of that, we see a lot of this anticipation of love. We see high school emotion, which is fine. I enjoy that. Um, Justin, you were saying you really just want to see these kids fuck already. But <laughs> these you, kids, man. you need a phrasing, <laughs> <Kids>. Kyle. <laughs> right. Um, but you just need to contextualize it a bit These more. young adults that are definitely over 18. But I really value this anticipation of love. Um, maybe not more so, but just as much as like sexual relationships uh, because in high school when you're just coming to understand the concept of love outside of family it it is this bewildering sensation and I think that is what most directors and creators are trying to focus on and capture is that you know, a sensation of like staying up at night and unable to like being unable to fall asleep because you just have this person on your mind well, or, or little things like, like texting and then sitting there waiting to, to look at the little check mark that they've read the message and then the anticipation that they're going to message you back. Exactly. Especially after sending something a little bit, you know, so <laughs> Risk a dick pic. <laughs> <laughs> is your modern version of the animes. <laughs> Sorry. No, not like, Sorry. so, you know, you're texting, you know, how was your day? I mean, whatever. You don't really care about that text back. But then, you know, you, you try a little, a little like, um, you know, you looked really good today or something. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, waiting, waiting on that check mark and be like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. You like <laughs> throw your phone. 
No, I, t- I totally get that. So would you say that you almost value the more innocent side of love then? At least in terms of the portrayal of innocent love in media? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it, it makes for a more enticing story. I think that when they just fuck on the first date, it's kind of like, oh, sure. all right, there, you know, there's the moment it, it's already happened, you know, that it you know, blows the load. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. No, I totally. There's, there's no more anticipation, right? It's you know, it's like if a rubber band just snaps at the beginning, you can't really, you know, there's no more stress anymore. You, right, you already know. That's well, the most exciting part of any relationship is the you when know, the, the rubber band snaps. Yeah, I mean, On I don't know if you've ever done show. that, but it's great. Um, you've never snapped a rubber band. <laughs> Is is this a euphemism? I don't get it. (laughs) No, the best part about any relationship is that initial periods, right? When like you first say, hey, I like you or you're cute. No, no, no. That's That's not the the best part, but I understand that it's the important part. It's nervous and crazy and scary, but like it's exhilarating. I mean, we're getting into like personal opinions on love and relationships, but I find that to be the worst. I don't want that part of love and relationships But you do look back on it fondly. It's weird. Probably. I don't want that. Right, I, I understand you're just that so it's, beyond what what that is that you're that it's like overwhelming when you don't do something for a long time. It becomes like this big thing that is like way worse than it needs to be. Personality traits aside, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So when you don't make those connections and it's been a long time, it's very difficult to go into it because you're like, holy crap, I'm terrified. I haven't done this in years or a year or whatever. What I want out of a relationship, this is. This should be about anime. I'm talking about myself. What I want out of a relationship... We all want to know everything about you, Kyle. Yeah, I know. Is mm-hmm. to just skip that portion and just... I just want to get into, like, knowing a person. You know, like, if I'm seeing a girl, I I know that she's also seeking out a relationship because we are older now. You know, we're not playing games. We're not in high school. Uh, do you start by, like, when you see a girl that you like, do you look at her hand and see if she has a ring on? <laughs> do you, are you at the point where you have to check... I'm getting there. This is off topic. <laughs> this is off topic. Someone move on. We'll we'll reconvene at the end. All right. Someone all right. Yeah, we have two more topics to get to. All yeah. right. So I actually wrote mine this time because you Kyle, are anime Kyle. Yeah, because you are you are the anime Kyle. I am anime. You set the bar way high, and I have to somehow follow through with this. Um, when I think of love, I think of one's obsession with a thing. This thing could be a person, an activity, or an object. This thing dictates how you're going to plan, uh, spend your day because you're going to make time for the thing you love. And this thing gives you enjoyment. And for me, it's spending time on my hobbies, such as playing video games. But there is more than just playing it. It's to perfect the craft. I love seeing myself improve each time I play and having someone be there to witness my change. There's a great sense of satisfaction that I get when my team depends on me to help them win a game, and I proceed to do so by using the skills I've honed over the years. Not only do I get this great sense of accomplishment, but I do this through something I love, which is playing video games. But at some point, this love could be taken too far. Too far in the sense of going to the extreme lengths for this love. Going to such lengths as to killing the one you love just so you can get this feeling to last forever. And this love is, which we've called, Yuna Geisler from Miranicki. <clears throat> and Miranicki is basically a story about a young boy who's able to predict the future using his phone. And he's forced to play this game against a, a, a couple other survivors to become the next god of this universe. <clears throat> 
I mean, even your simple, like I, I understand what you're saying because I saw half the show, but that, that now that you say it, it's a really complicated premise. <laughs> it is a really complicated premise, but I didn't want to go in and just talk about the story plot because I was like, if they didn't watch it, they didn't watch it. <laughs> they just it. need to know where I'm coming from. But basically, he's in this game and he has to kill off these other survivors. And there's this girl that he meets that's trying, that's mad in love with him to the point where she is the queen of Yandere. She is. If you Google Yandere, you see her face. Like she I, is the face. As of a side note, I think it's Yandere. Well, excuse my French. It's Japanese. <laughs> exactly. Um, but that's the whole premise that she's trying to be with her lover, which is Yuki Amano. Yukitara is his full name. I don't know how to pronounce it correctly, but his nickname is Yuki. And throughout the show, she's going to extreme lengths to protect him from these other killers because she also is a. Uh, a player of this game and she's trying to make it so that him or her and him are going to be the ones that could be are going to win the game and that's throughout the shows like in each situation that you see her in that she's doing things that are a little bit too far than just love like you think like oh she wants to hang out with me that's cool oh she's like invading my personal privacy that's a little weird oh she's willing to kill someone for me if they are trying to endanger my life and I respect the fact that she's going to extreme lengths to protect someone that she thinks is very precious to her, willing to spend, take time out of her day to spend time with him, like text him like, hey, how's your day going? Well, I just woke up. <laughs> Things like that. And for me, I, th- that's where I see the obsession come from, like the meaning of love, like something that you're willing to take time out of your day, sacrifice a little bit of yourself just so you can have more time to be with something you enjoy like it making music or being with a person that you love dearly i think animes like miraniki gut like berserk where he puts his life on the line to to kill a man that killed his friends raped his girl like he doesn't have to do anything he could just leave at that no he's going to a journey to accomplish what he needs what he, he wants to protect which is his his true love cassie um, animes like Full Metal Panic, where Sagara is willing to like let his close friends die just so he can save one girl. Like, and it, it, he's willing to like let a town die if he wants to, just for this one person. And there's no other reason but just love. And that's why I think love is. So, so you're basically talking about like not not even like what most people would normally think of as love is you know what. Mutual affection between two people. That's, mm-hmm. that's for me, I think it's definition. an obsession. Like I think you you're go talking about that. people going absolutely nuts over somebody, thinking that somebody else's life is more important than their own, and just saying that. I mean, anything that they need, it doesn't matter how immoral it may be. If they need it done, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. Well, so I was, you know, I was with you until you said that's what you think love is. Well, I, that's how I depict an anime what love is, sorry. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> so even clarifying that, just to be sure, obsession is a quality, just one of many qualities that you enjoy depicted in anime under the overall overarching umbrella term of love, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. But you think that that's all love is? If it's If it's not that, it's not true love? Is that what you're kind of getting at? Well, I think love is you have to sacrifice something that you have to do. Like, this takes time out of your day. That I get, but the Mirai Nikki example is 
extreme. so crazy obsessive that it's like. But yes, yeah, I respect the fact that she's going to extremes of taking time on her day, but even more than that. But just that aspect here. So let me let, let me try to understand this. So, Kevin, you consider yourself an obsessive person, correct? Yes. Especially in terms of, as you were saying, you know, how you like to play. <laughs> Why are you uh, laughing? <laughs> Sorry. Justin, you're obsessed with making music. I know. I'm not. I'm you're going to take time out of your day. You drink coffee at 3 a.m. I would agree. <laughs> Anyways. Besides the point. So you consider, consider yourself an obsessive person. And because of that, you like that quality implemented in love. So much so that you like to see it exaggerated in the form of yanderes, such as, uh, what's your face? Yuna. Mm, uh, you know, you know. Yeah. Am I correct in assuming that you like uh, yanderes because of that exaggeration of obsession, correct? Yes. I think Kevin wants a Yandere girlfriend. Do you? Is that true? <laughs> I don't know. I think it'd be an experience. And I think you guys would be totally Yeah, I think you guys be totally down that I had a Yandere girlfriend. I'd be girl. terrified that she would stab me because I, think, I like high fived you. <laughs> I mean we That'd can, be so we can joke about it. We can joke about it, but I think it's really fascinating that you want a girlfriend that obsessed about you. That's a scary thought. I would like how, how so, I, I mean, so we, we this understand. is in anime terms. Like I don't yeah, want it to yeah. happen in real life. It's okay. kind of like yeah. I want to live through another cell. It's just like how I want a harem, mm. okay, but I can't it. do that in real life because I don't got the stamina and I don't have the time. <laughs> 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 I literally think this through. Like that's I just, the most. I don't it's the most important part. Stamina. I don't got the stamina and I don't got the time. Because you got to spend time with them. Or the money. All right. Or so the money. You, so you are differentiating reality from fiction. Yeah, hundred percent. Got it. That makes me feel better. <laughs> Kyle, I don't want a real life Yander, right? Like, I want an anime form. I want to do something that I won't ever want to experience in real life, or like, I can't. Basically, no, I get that. I'm just trying to process. Like, I think all love have a certain degree of obsession, mm -hmm. um, whether it be you know an emotional obsession, a physical obsession, a obsession with you know someone else's personality. I think that an obsession is really important. Although, uh, the extent of an obsession being like jealous rage into like harming people that are okay not that far like i, I guess if i wanted to play it to like apply it to my the, the example you used has i a know girl that's it, it, <laughs> i think okay, i think okay. i think we're forcing too much on on kevin in terms of like reality we need to think in the realm of fiction and sure. i think yandere is in terms of an expression of love like i think they are fascinating because you know all, all dares in a sense are fetishized because you know, whether it's a uh, yandere or sundere or any any other, um, you know, they are embodiments of a type of love. And I think obsession is a really unique take on it um, because I think all of us are obsessed with love to a certain degree for different reasons. But uh, once again, we're, let's we'll circle back at the end and really cover all of ours all at once. So wow, Justin that sparked everything. <laughs> when I was thinking about the topic of love. In anime it was difficult for me to come up with something that I hadn't already talked about Kyle told me do not talk about something that you've already talked about <laughs> so you know it sucks because I only talk about like five animes. <laughs> so that that was pretty hard so I started thinking about love and and how it relates to anime for me because I don't watch a lot of romantic animes um, you know the romance animes so I was thinking about something that has always been with me um, for a very long time, and that's the fact that someone that I love 
I want them to watch anime and I want not necessarily that I want them to watch anime per se. I want them to watch anime with me. And I was like, what does that mean? Like, why do I want, why do I like, like, it's like nice personality, nice face watches anime with me. <laughs> I, I feel like it'd be weird if she watched the anime, but refused to watch it with well, you. Let's, well, let's, let's let him finish. Let me, let me just go. Like you'll get where I'm going with this. So <laughs> didn't interrupt your topic, Hunter. Yeah. Dick. Okay. Yeah. I want it. So, you know, that's an interesting thing. Like, I don't care if she watches anime. I just want her to be able to be open to watch anime with me. Like, that's a big thing for me. And I'm like, why is that? Like, that's kind of weird. Like, why do I care that, like, she wants to watch that, you know, this girl has to watch anime with me as opposed to just watching a movie? Like, what's the difference? And so I started thinking about it, getting deeper into why that is and who I am and why that's important to me. And it, it made me realize it's like, oh, my gosh, like, why do I love anime? Like, why is it so important that I want someone that I love to watch anime with me? And it gets down to the fact that anime for me is such an escape from reality. Like, um, because with Western cartoons and just media in general, it's always grounded in a sense of, um, of actual existence. There's parameters that, that exist within Western media that you always feel like, okay, this isn't so fantastic, even with cartoons. With anime, there is such a range of anime out there that you can go from Gurren Lagann in like different dimensions fighting like, you know, just so outside of the existence of reality, but grounded in a very human narrative, which is what draws you in. And the reason why that connects so deeply with me is because I've spent, you know, my entire life in, you know, these grandiose, places you know like I have I've created universes within um, you know my mind with like playing with toys you know I've always been super into um, you know Star Wars and like living in that and creating stories in that that are very human like more than just setting up the good guys and the bad guys and, and knocking them down but like this is the hero this is civilians like there's like gray lines within all this stuff I've done forever and I did this for literally forever and it's continued to this day where I make music and I create universes that are grounded in reality but are so above um, you know the here and the now so for me anime is very important and it's such an escape from the reality I get to see where I spend my time in this higher being this higher plane <laughs> higher being yeah the perfect person no, but like, you know, like it's so far removed from reality. So, you know, when I get to watch an anime that's so out of the ordinary, that takes you from, you know, familiar settings, but such a over the top expression, I'm like, I love this because this is what I have done my entire life. This is what I do right now. I create universes in which I live outside of the bounds of reality, but grounded in a very human narrative. So if a girl is not willing to watch anime with me, she does not open enough to watch anime with me. She rejects a very fundamental part of who I am. I'm a dreamer. I believe, you know, in things that are so much greater than what I'm at. I'm striving for, for things that are so much higher than, than what I have right now. And I'm stupid enough or crazy enough to believe that I can create this world that I want to. And I do it every day and I have forever. So if a girl's not willing to watch anime and to go get sucked into a world that's so far different from our own, then I can't be with that person. So I recently, uh, my girlfriend, I was able to 
she's watched one anime in her entire life and um it's jojo's bizarre adventures which is a pretty that, out there that's anime. a choice yeah but that's the only one she's ever watched she's not an anime watcher she doesn't know anything about anime so i was like hey you got to watch gurren lagan i love this anime this is one of the best animes i've ever seen it's amazing you got to watch it so we watched some of the episodes i could definitely tell she did it to humor me you know she she was kind of like okay this is kind of weird but like you know it's all good but then like slowly and slowly i saw her kind of falling in love with kamina and the hilarity of all of of his um antics like you know your drill is the your drill is the drill that will pierce the heavens and like manly combining and all these things <laughs> you know and then as time went on, so we watched the first few episodes, we watched the episode where Kamina died, that was great, you know, cuddling and like doing all that stuff, and it was at that moment, you know, that she started watching it on her own, and it really came to the point where she's like, oh my gosh, like this is, this is like amazing, like I love the theme behind it, I love like everything about this, like this was a great anime, and I'm like, that's what I wanted, <laughs> like that's, that is it, like that is why I want someone to watch anime so that something that I love so deeply and has such connection to my life, um, that they can share the enjoyment of that. Is this like recent or is this past? Yeah, this is recent. This was like last month. Yeah. Cause you said girlfriend and I, didn't, yeah, I, I kind of have a girlfriend. It's, compli it's complicated, Yay. but it's complicated. Justin. <laughs> it's not Facebook official, but it's complicated, but yes. All right. Girlfriend. There's a lot I want to unpack here. Mm -hmm. Um, First of all, I'm really happy that one of us uh, went a little bit meta and talked about their mm -hmm. love for anime rather than love, you know, within anime as a concept, because I, I like that um, branching mindset. I like for us to be as diverse as possible when we talk about something. So kudos to you. Also, that feeling of saying like, yes, you got it. You understood what I meant in terms of like how much I love this thing is something I experience so often. When I show you guys an anime, mm -hmm. my heart beats faster than watching it alone. Mm -hmm. Because when it, when it, like an epic part is about to happen, I, I find myself looking around and like really having to like calm my heart as to like see like how you guys are going to react. I really love that feeling of seeing this mutual excitement in a room. Mm -hmm. um, That's what I like about watching one that you haven't watched before. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Um, but something I've talked about before is, uh, you know, the desire for shared experiences in addition to open-mindedness. Um, so I feel like, you know, a partner's, uh, capacity for being open-minded is extremely important in a relationship. It can be part of like a day-to-day -day or even something more intimate, just being willing to try new things and explore one another and their fast and like your own fascinations and, and like, that is really important to me is just being willing to, to try new things with one another and experience life on um, a almost spiritual level of sorts uh, and really truly learn about one another, which is why I feel like watching anime together or watching any type of media together is really important because we, we have experienced these fictional universes and like, I feel like if I were to meet someone who, have, who has also seen as much anime as I had, we would share like a really unique perception on on life because we have journeyed the same path together. Like we can make uh, references and like draw conclusions about worlds and fiction in similar ways. And I think that's really important in terms of getting to know someone. Mm -hmm. So the thing is though, um, would you rather have someone that has watched a ton of anime, a lot of that you have watched or someone that maybe hasn't watched all the anime that you have and they, you get to experience that with them? Like classics and stuff that really you really love. 
<laughs> Let's be honest. The first one's probably impossible. Ha 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 I don't know, man. There's girls. I'm um, sitting next to a girl who loves anime. So. I, I don't want to sound like pessimistic but i don't really I, I don't think i have like the luxury of having that option and either way i don't care as long as the person is open-minded i think if someone has watched a lot of anime obviously it's more likely for us to uh, like go on a date or something but as long as someone is willing to watch anime without having this like stigma attached to it being like you gross that's even if there's the stigma because overcoming the stigma in its own way like no because that shuts that's not like that's that's a problem because if they're not open-minded enough to even like have be like what is this i don't know anything about it well then that's you're saying that people can't, all the time then you're saying that people can't change essentially i'm not saying that they can't change but is it worth the effort you know to make someone love is always love yourself worth the effort man but like love love means so many things like love can can be wrong you're saying like, if she was the perfect person for you in every way, but she had a stigma against anime, you wouldn't go for it? No, but I'm just saying, like, if she she's doesn't, if she's not open-minded <laughs> enough to watch anime, there's probably a lot of other things she's not going to be You're down You're saying with. that that's probably a, a good, you know, like indicator. That, yeah, indicator that... If I'm on Tinder or Bumble or something, and someone's like, I like adventure dogs and... Uh, travel? And travel. And like, I'm like, well, I hate to judge people by their looks, but I know how you look, and I know you don't watch anime, so, like... I, I just know you wouldn't be willing to be that type of person. One of us has to conform in that relationship. This is this is that's not really a thing. Yeah, you can. I think that I think that an extrovert and an introvert could work. So that's like complete opposites. This is personality. Like I think that that might work. So I think personality and like interest they could be opposite and it could still. Work. Kyle, do you want a girl that watches? A lot of anime, but doesn't know July, what's going on. Too long like, ago. doesn't really connect okay. it deep. Or I really don't know how I want this episode to go because I'm talking a lot about myself, and I don't know if that's the point. People come here to listen about, like, to talk about anime, and I don't know if people want to learn about my dating life. And, no, like, what I, I think I want. that I think that relatability is super strong. Like, we all we all want to date someone. We all right. like anime. So, isn't that relevant to the conversation about anime? I guess, but I almost feel like this should be an episode of its own as like an insight on Kyle's dating life and like, <laughs> like anime RL. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know if I feel comfortable with that. Um, let's reconvene mm. and try to tie in all of our topics in a certain way and kind of find a a core aspect to close out on. So, so I think that this is something that you know on anybody that really likes a certain thing, mm -hmm. you, you feel like whoever you, you know, end up being with has to like that as much as you, right? Not I, as much, but at least be open to it. Like if someone didn't like music, I couldn't, that would be a deal breaker. But I'm, I'm saying not specific to you, but I think that even outside of anime, that's a pretty common theme. Let's say you were like super into cars, right? Mm -hmm. Even if, you know, whoever you were dating didn't, like them as much as you at least having some sort of a care about it if they didn't that 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 could be a deal breaker right mm -hmm. there has to be at least some sort of mutual if this is the thing that you like 10 out of 10 whoever you date has to have some sort of interest or it's not going to work yeah i mean it's, it's not even like the interest necessarily the interest is great but it's the they have to the willingness yeah. i i totally get that yeah. because I'm pulling a quote from someone that I, I have no idea. Someone was saying like, oh, you want a girl who plays video games and watches anime and does all this stuff? It doesn't sound like you want a girlfriend. It sounds like you want a boyfriend. <laughs> like, what, like, what are we expecting out of potential girlfriends or partners or whatever? I don't know if a girlfriend needs to satiate 
these desires for like watching anime together and playing video games together and doing these things that are stereotypically well, guy activities. She's gonna want you to do, you know, other things that she's extremely which, interested in. Which is her. why I find which is why I find passion <laughs> attractive mm-hmm. and yeah. that open mindedness because yes. I feel like it's gonna it needs to be mutual. Um, mm-hmm. If we're talking about rela- relationships on the most right, this has kind of gone a different way. Right, it, it has, which is fine, but I'm trying to tie it back somehow. Why don't we just wrap it up with basically, pure love doesn't exist, and the anticipation of that pure love is great, and then the obsession with that pure love is really over the top, and that's how it ends, and then you have to be open to have love. Perfect, beautiful, Dang. done. All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this out because it's in the chat and it was you know pretty good. Which is, pick partners based on shared values and life paths, not hobbies. As mm-hmm. long as she doesn't impede or try to stop your hobby, then it's fine. Which I think is pretty cool. I think that's a good sentiment. I probably should have like stated a rule like we're only talking about fiction, no real life stuff, or vice versa. Yeah, because you know? there was a lot of real life stuff there. But that's how we can. In my topic, it. I know. Yeah, no, there was a lot. Uh, it's yeah, fine. My whole topic was about real life. Which is fine, which is fine. We got to move on. Uh, So this week's question comes from Caro. Uh, He asks, what is it that you find interesting about anime? Is it just a matter of coincidence that you enjoy it as much as you do? I've heard you talk about many things you enjoy about anime, music and Fully Cooly for a recent example. But what brings you back to anime as a whole? Hope, nostalgia, genuine enjoyment, excitement. I'm personally very attracted to the medium and its potential and its attachment to Japan in a way that I found accessible as a kid. It's opened my life up to many interesting and fun experiences that I otherwise wouldn't have found uh, if it wasn't for anime. But I don't particularly think anime can offer me anything that some other art can't. So, I'll let you guys kind of let that sink in, and I'll give my answer in the meantime. What, what's um, weird is that I had I had something until you kept doing the question, and I forgot. <laughs> yeah, because there are two parts to it. So, Caro's first part, um, what is it that you find interesting about anime? I can answer pretty easily. Everything I've ever talked about and will ever talk about on this podcast, both good and bad, I find interesting about anime. Anime is a medium with limitless potential, and everything that has spawned from its existence, philosophies, communities, uh, worlds, is indescribably fascinating to me. Anime is the manifestation of imagination, and while you might think limitless potential is an equally reasonable answer to your second question, what brings me back to anime as a whole? I don't think it is. Because although anime may have the opportunity to showcase uninhibited creativity, so much of it doesn't. I want nothing more than to praise a medium that I've dedicated so much of my life to consuming. But I'm tired. I'm tired of characters who are nothing more than amalgams of archetypes. How many isekai anime can be made before we run out of unique interpretations of the genre? Is there really a difference between an anime like Comet Girls and Is the Order a Rabbit? I'm tired of uninspired anime with soulless characters, yet I keep coming back in spite of all of this because I believe that anime can offer something that other mediums can't. Anime has moved me in ways no other medium has, and I think that desire to be moved um, is what I'm chasing. Uh, I want to learn something about myself through the vision of someone else. I watch anime 
to see and experience things that can only be seen and experienced in a medium that advocates exploring the most bizarre areas of one's imagination. So, so as you were reading it, the, what stuck out to me, and, and we kind of covered it in the Masterpiece episode, but essentially one of the things that I really like and that keeps me coming back to anime is just the whole combination of all the elements, right? When we talked about Masterpieces, we said that it has to be you know, the thing that takes it from really good to masterpiece, some of the best of the genre, is that every piece of it really is uh, to the next level. It has fantastic animation, fantastic character design, fantastic music, right? And, you know, every everything has to be at that next level. And for me, one thing that I've noticed about anime um, is that all of those elements combine more frequently. When I'm watching, like, let's, I'm going to take the, the most recent, well, not most recent, but something that I've watched in the last couple of years that was considered a masterpiece of Western media, which was Breaking Bad. It would, you know, there's so much good about it, but it doesn't hit every box. The music design for, for what it was is fine, but it wasn't perfect to me. Where, whereas in an animation like, Hell, we were driving here listening to um, Future uh, or Odd Future by Uverworld, the the intro to the uh, to Boku no Hero uh, season three. Like, I mean, there is no other medium I do that with where I have the the intro songs, except maybe Scrubs. Scrubs was good. <laughs> weird, yeah. weird. I'm no weird. Superman. Sure, whatever. I what? thought you could be like. Guy love that song. Oh, Guy no. love. Stop. No, that. Stop. I'm no. talking about intro songs, but I'm but, just saying that's how the songs of Scrubs. But I mean, there's, you know, we we talk about music a lot on this podcast, but there's nothing like there's there's no other medium where I can listen to a song and have such bursts of nostalgia and like good vibes and happy happy feelings from. You know, just listening to an intro song like I do with anime, you know, it's really special. So I think that's one of the things that really keeps me coming back is that you have, I mean, something as simple as a song being able to bring back the entire story and this flood of memories really is, you know, something that makes it worth watching and continuing to watch. Definitely. Speaking just quickly on that aside, that why it's so nostalgic too is not only for the the experiences that you've had with that series, but there's such a um, type of song associated with anime that's just so happy and fun and like very distinctly um, Japanese. That's awesome. So I think they put higher priority on it, like compared to like the right. Western shows. They don't put that priority, like that effort. Like I see these bands like actually putting like bleeding, like this is my work. Like this is this is gonna be like this is the embodiment of this show. I find that Western media is a lot more atmospheric, right? It, like it's it's perfectly fine and it makes sense and it it gives you some sort of mood, but it's not something that you can listen to on its own. Mm-hmm. And that's what that's the big difference. Let's move on to what we're watching. As I was just alluding to, this anime season has put me in a borderline depressive state. I'm watching so much and yet I struggle to care about any of it, which leaves me in a difficult situation because, well, I think it's important to be critical, I don't consider myself to be a critic, at least not in the more negative sense of the word. 
This podcast exists to praise what we love, not to berate what we hate. And I especially don't want to disparage anyone from enjoying whatever they're watching. So instead of outright denouncing everything I'm watching, I'm going to make some compliment sandwiches. I'll start with a compliment, give some criticism, and then end with another compliment. Uh, I think uh, this will also help with our inability to have an actual conversation, since none of you actually watch anime. Honestly, I'd rather have an in-depth conversation about one anime we're all watching, uh, but I think it's important to at least quickly address the majority of airing shows. So, Banana Fish. Uh, I like how Banana Fish doesn't hold anything back. It's not afraid to kill off characters or have them kill one another. However, I think Banana Fish ruins both the relatability of its characters as well as uh, the believability of its narrative uh, for the sake of melodrama. Melodrama is not inherently a negative characteristic, especially when implemented uh, with intent. But every scene, even mundane conversations, seem to ooze with unnecessary theatrics. Like the entire first half of the series, treating the mystery of Banana Fish with such gravity even though it was obvious. Or in a recent episode, uh, the main character goes running back into a burning building as his boyfriend yells after him, I'll be waiting for you. Always. You didn't need to add the always. It feels superficial and takes me out of the moment. Uh, but another thing I like is that it is uh, its consistency, uh, I guess. At the very least, it's managed to stay thematically consistent, which is something I appreciate. Uh, Hanabado still has some of the most impressive animation uh, of anything this season. Unfortunately, the animation quality is somewhat wasted on incomprehensible characters, Ayano in particular. It's impossible for me to care about characters whose actions lack humanity, logic, or any degree of reasoning. I feel like I missed an episode because I remember uh, the two main characters playing badminton in the park um, in order to convey some lesson about how badminton can be fun, and yet Ayano is more sadistic than ever with borderline uh, supervillain-like tendencies. I'm past the point of trying to comprehend the purpose of anything going on within the show, but I also like the dramatic lighting. I mean, honestly, the anime is genuinely uh, admirable from a visual standpoint. Uh, coincidentally, uh, Review Starlight has strikingly similar pros and cons. The fight choreography as well as the fight composition throughout the anime is astounding. Not only is the animation unbelievably fluid, but you could pause a fight during any of the keyframes and use it as a wallpaper. I just don't feel particularly invested in the plot, and I don't even consider the plot to be uninteresting necessarily. But I think the oversaturization of characters makes my interest in them spread thin. Luckily for the anime, I'm a sucker for musically themed combat, so watching these girls simultaneously sing and fight is always a good time. Asubi Asabase might be my favorite anime of the season. There have been single jokes that have made me laugh harder than the cumulative amount of times I've chuckled throughout the entirety of any other comedy this season. My main criticism would be that by simply being a comedy, it's not risking as much as more linear anime. It's not pushing boundaries. But it doesn't have to. The characters are lovable and stupid, and I can only imagine the amount of thought that goes into writing these seemingly dumb jokes. High Score Girl uh, may not be my favorite anime of the season, but it might be the most solid. What began as a somewhat educational anime about retro arcade fighting games developed into a fleshed out and reasonably emotional love story. It's ugly. It's really ugly and I dislike the fact that the main girl doesn't speak. 
Other than that, and a few minor characterization grievances, it is enjoyable. How not to summon a demon lord, Yoragi-san no Yuna-san, Harukan receive, and Tsunohara-san all get the same compliment sandwich. Compliment, boobs, criticism, not really much else. Compliment again, more boobs. Um, <laughs> nice. Talk is anyone watching Attack on Titan, Boku no Hero, or Steins Gate? So Boku no Hero, yes, but we are only on episode like 50. So we're like seven episodes from from current. Okay, so we won't talk about it. Good things are happening. I bought your tickets for the movie on October 2nd. What time? 7.30. Cool. The you need to see Frappy Well, God helps. I'm watching Overlord. I don't like that show. I'm watching but tell me about why you like it. Titties. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Justin, what are you watching? Yuri on Ice. Weird, but yeah. cool. Why are you wow. watching that? Dick. <laughs> I mean, she said true. titties. I had to. Like, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't not. It's true. It's not wrong. No, my, my producer said, like, yo, Yuri on Ice is dope. And I was like, what? That skating anime with the gay guys? Like, what? And I watched it. It was pretty good. So I'm watching it. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. Anything else? No, that's it. But I'm going to do Book and a Hero. Someday. All right, anything else about Yuri on Ice, though? Um, I. And what is it you like about it? Like you, it's very you humorous. Clearly came in with with a little bit of a prejudice, and you came out liking it. So that's, I mean, that's an interesting change. What what? Just I'm assuming the story was really good because that's that's well, how I saw it. So yeah, I was like, this is a gay anime. But no, the story is probably like on point. Well, the humor in it. There's just the little aspects. Like you know, he stops skating in the first episode, and he comes back, and like they all make fun of him for being fat. Like I don't know, that's that's really funny, and then like sure. it's absurd. So yeah. Um, you know, the anime community as a whole, you know, for the most part, loves Yuri on Ice, um, and I didn't. I think people really gravitated towards it because of gay representation, which is mm-hmm. great. You know, I think the anime kind of is not that great it sucks there's there's a lot of there's a lot of characters within the anime that i don't care about i care about yuri and Mm -hmm. are are they both yuri is that yuri and i or what is his name yeah they're both yuri i like the two main characters their relationship is great every other character is just a waste of time in my opinion um and they they really force that characterization on the, the the other competitors which i just don't like um but whatever. I'm glad you're enjoying it. And I'm glad that a lot of people enjoy that anime. Mm. Um, you're just homophobic. What? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I literally, literally I'm just said kidding. the opposite. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> anything else? I didn't talk about Science Gate, Boku no Hero, or Attack on Titan because I thought you guys might be watching that. But all three of them are really surprisingly good right now. If you have any questions, comments, uh, suggestions, or submissions, please send us in as many as you would like. You can send them to myself on Secret Otaku on Tumblr. Email us at theweeboost at gmail.com. Submit questions on our Discord or just leave comments wherever you're listening. Join us on Twitch for when we record live on Fridays around the middle of each month and join us in our Discord so you can talk to us whenever you would like uh, and keep up on opinions on what we're watching. Also, consider supporting us on Patreon or leaving us an iTunes review if you like what we do. And more than anything, please share the podcast because word of mouth is the only way we get new listeners. We want to thank you, Dachi, for our intro and Kuwagata for our outro. And like always, get drunk! And anime. See you guys next time. You can catch smoking a sour off the coast of Okinawa. Feeling so high like I'm whole when I tower. Take a flight on some shit. Got my dogs riding wasabi blazing hot. That's kamikaze. Sacred fire. Don't be mad. I'm lit. I'm catch smoking a sour off the coast of Okinawa. Feeling so high.
I like them whole world when I tower, take a flight Awesome shit, got my dogs riding beside me Blazing hot, that's kamikaze, say goodbye, yeah, don't be mad, I'm lit